Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Sarah Claudia. You can find her at sarahclaudia.com. And Sarah is traveling the world sometimes remotely. We're in this remote economy right now. And she shares her story, her testimony, and how God has taught her to walk by faith, not by sight, even in the darkest of times at First Presbyterian Church in Douglasville, Georgia. That's where she's at. You're going to hear her southern accent come out. She may even drop a little bless your heart on you (laughs) like she did for me. And But here's what's great about Sarah. She was referred to me through another guest, and uh, Sarah's story is is powerful, and and we're going to get into it. I'm going to let her lead the conversation, Um, but Sarah Claudia shares uh, how her sight loss, so she's blind, how her sight loss has led her to recognizing the fruit she is bearing in her own life. Um, she shares with uh, the community voice her story and the inspiration behind her first book, Blind Faith Devotional. And now she just told me she's super excited uh, to announce that she just uh, completed her second book entitled Unseen Steps, God's Guidance Through Unexpected Blindness. So we're going to talk about that. And maybe, uh, BC Nation, you cannot relate with physical blindness but maybe you can relate with spiritual blindness in your life or emotional blindness or just chronic suffering or where's God's faithfulness when you don't feel his presence? Like, what do you do when God hands you adversity or lets it happen to you and you don't feel he's there answering your prayers? Do you give up hope? Do you just become resigned and fall into a victim mentality like so many people? What's the alternative? I personally wanted to share with you, BC Nation, before we get into Sarah's story, that in the past two weeks, um, God allowed me to uh, experience very symptomatic COVID. Um, I got in about a year ago and uh, no symptoms, and it passed through in like a day or so, no big deal. Um, And then just the past few weeks, I got every major symptom known (laughs) out there, and I was bedridden. 
Uh, one day I was uh, in bed for 30 hours straight. I couldn't get up. I had complete weakness in my body. Um, and I was completely helpless and powerless and fevers and chills and just nonstop, relentless suffering. And it came in just waves and it, it just wouldn't stop. And it was like a friend of mine said it this way. It was like being in a prison cell and the prison um, <clears throat> guards come and check on you every 10 or 20 hours just to see if you're still alive. And you're just alone and abandoned and crushed and despairing. And that's how I felt. And, and I felt like, God, why? Why? And BC Nation, you know, I teach on this show. Don't ask why questions to God. They're circular. Ask what questions. God, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me? What do you want me to know from this experience? And he's been slowly revealing that to me. But what I saw was that I was being spiritually attacked in my fatherhood. Because, see, I also, three weeks ago, had a new baby boy, a son. And now I didn't get to be there for my wife as the baby's crying in the next room. And, and my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, it needs attention. And I'm in bed, just in agony. And the enemy was attacking me. What kind of father are you? You can't even take care of two kids. How are you going to have more? And he started to just speak lies into my soul and praise God I've come through it and and I see God's truth in it. So I wanted to share that. Sarah, thank you for giving me the space to do so um, because I, I believe it relates to your story and I believe it relates to many of our stories. Uh, there's pieces uh, in there that we all share in that human suffering and where is God in it? So Sarah, Claudia, welcome to Broken Catholic number one podcast on iTunes. Uh, go ahead and just take a minute, share something, um, uh, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me and thank you for sharing that. It does relate a lot to my story. People hear that I'm blind, they, you know, they're right, you're right, they they feel like they can't relate. They feel like they have no idea what I've been through, but at the end of the day, it's, it's suffering and we all kind of feel suffering the same and God can come through in our suffering in the same way. But at the time of my sight loss, it was 2015 and I was a junior in college. I grew up in the South in Georgia and I was at college at a very large campus the student population was very small, but it was it's one of the largest campuses in the world. It's got acres and acres of farmland and hiking trails and reservoirs, and it's got its own uh, beef cattle unit and equestrian center. It was just my dream college. Mm. And I was on the equestrian team there, very successful. I placed uh, second in the nation my freshman year and third in the nation my sophomore year. So Wow. Leading into my senior year, I had a lot of things planned. I was excited for my last year on the team. I was looking forward to hopefully making it to nationals again and just had my whole future ahead of me. When after my finals, my junior year, I took a short little trip home back to my childhood home where I planned on getting my tonsils taken out. I had suffered from tonsillitis for most of my life, chronic tonsillitis. And at 20 years old, I decided I'd had enough and I would just have them removed. No big deal. 
But after the surgery, when I was discharged and sent home, my mom, she made the decision to sleep with me that night, which was the first way that we really saw God working through all of this. Because if she hadn't been in the room with me that night, I, I wouldn't be here today. When she woke up, and it was about four o'clock in the morning. She decided to try to wake me up to check on me. She discovered me unresponsive. Mm. So she rushed me back, carrying my dad back to the hospital. I was intubated and placed on a ventilator. And the next day when they took the breathing tube out and I started to breathe on my own, everybody was like, oh man, she's, she's made it through this. She's breathing on her own everything's going to be fine. But as I began to kind of wake up and talk, I told my dad, who happens to be an eye doctor, that I couldn't see anything. And so just like that, in the span, you know, of just a day or so, my life was completely changed. Mm. Wow. You're in the prime of your young life right? You're in your early 20s. You have a successful equestrian future ahead of you. Um, you're winning a national awards. You have all these dreams of a young girl, God-given dreams in your heart. And then something as trivial as tonsillitis uh, robs you of seeing your future, literally. What happened in you that week, that next month, when your sight just wasn't coming back? What were you feeling? What was the negative self-talk in your head? Yeah, I was completely crushed, um, needless to say. And it was, it was a slow fade into it. At the very beginning, I was so medicated and so out of it that I, I don't remember ever having a moment where I really realized that I couldn't see. It was just kind of slowly something that I came to terms with. But in that slow fade into my new reality, there were a lot of questions of how am I ever going to go back to school? How am I ever going to have a job, have a future? get married, have a family. I mean, there were so many things swirling in my mind. I, I didn't know how I was ever going to have a normal life. And at the same time, my body felt so broken. It had been through so much trauma. And I went from being an active 20 year old to hardly being able to get out of bed physically. And then I had the challenges of not being able to see. So I needed help with everything at the beginning. And just like you um, explained your bout with COVID, you feel like a prisoner. That's exactly how I felt for the first several weeks and months, because I, I literally couldn't do anything by myself. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So once the reality sets in that this may last, at least for some time, you need help. You can't do these basic life things anymore on your own. Um, like, was it difficult to ask for help? 
to be so dependent on others, like were you a prideful young lady, like many 20-year-old? Yes, I grew up very, very independent. I'm the youngest of three, so I was the baby of the family. I've, I've always been very headstrong, a little bit stubborn. So it was very difficult for me to ask for help. It's still difficult for me to ask for help, but it was something I had to do. And the fact that I had to do it made me very, very angry. And I would get frustrated with my family. They have been there for me from day one. They're always there to help me even today. And I'm amazed by it because I, <laughs> I was not always the most gracious, gracious recipient of that help. So that was probably the hardest, one of the hardest things to come to terms with at the beginning was just how much help I needed. Mm. Hmm. That could be such a um, frustration for sure, uh, especially when you know you're mistreating the people that are taking care of you because you're just so angry at your own powerlessness mm -hmm. of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I was snapping at my wife as she was trying to help and but she wasn't doing it fast enough she wasn't buying me the right soup she was you know just making all these decisions where i, I was like stop being creative just get me what i asked for <laughs> like i was so frustrated not realizing that you know she's juggling two other babies going on and i'm the biggest baby of the three in this moment um and I remember I even complained to some of my friends via text uh, about my wife and how she was showing up in my suffering, my mm -hmm. pity party. And it, it, it really was terrible to um, have to sit with that and, and just realize how wrong I was about it. And I, I apologized to my friends for speaking negatively about my wife. And um, then I went right to my wife and and I repented and I said, I've been just angry at you and making you wrong <clears throat> in this whole situation. And I want to say, I'm sorry, would you be willing to forgive me? And and she just sat there and she was like, of course, I forgive you, you know, and and it was a beautiful experience. Can you share uh, some story maybe like that that you had with your family mm -hmm. when uh, the situation pushed you over the edge uh, out of kindness and maybe into selfish. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember the first time I think I saw both my parents, you know, saw not with my physical eyes, but witnessed them crying over my blindness. And that really showed me I'm not the only one going through this. You know, at the beginning, I thought nobody could really understand it. Mm. But when I started to see really how much my parents were also grieving and my brother and sister, it made me realize that they're going through something too. I'm not the only one being affected. And that kind of snapped me back into reality, into not so much being frustrated at them, but at the situation and realizing, hey, I need to deal with this in a different way because lashing out at the people who were there for me, the only people who were there for me, this, this isn't going to get me anywhere. So 
I had to turn to God in that moment. And that's really what brought me back to him was how angry I was and how much I was just being nasty towards others. That's what motivated me to renew that relationship with God that I had lost so many years ago. How did you go about doing that? What were the first steps you took? It was prayer. And at the beginning, it was just prayers for healing and that selfish kind of way I would, I would pray every single night for God to bring me my sight back. And as I began to kind of struggle with my anger and my frustration towards others and not wanting to open up to my family about it because I, I knew it would make them even more upset. I started turning to God and it was something that I had never done before. I had never had that close relationship with him. I was raised Baptist. I was saved when I was very young, but I didn't really understand what I was doing. And I didn't understand the importance and the gravity of a personal relationship with Christ. So I had never really had that prayer life that you hear so much about until I started really opening up to him. And it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like, you know, one of those beautiful prayers you hear people uh, do at church. It was just me opening up and just telling him all of these frustrations and all of these worries I had. And over time, I started to see God show up for me in a way that I had never experienced because I had just never asked for it before. And it was, it was a truly amazing transformation. BC Nation, God reminds us, you have not because you ask not. Yes. And how often we don't ask God because we don't have the right pretty words. Because we're hurt, we're broken, we're frustrated, we're angry. So we stay away from him. The only one that can help us <laughs> in the situation. And we lie to ourselves and say, well, when I get the right words or when I feel at peace, then I'll go to God because I have to say it a certain way. But God also reminds us that <clears throat> he's not looking for the fancy words of our lips. He's looking for a contrite heart, like bring the ugliness of your heart, bring the ugly cry, <laughs> the ugly tears the snot and boogers of, of, of the pain you feel um, to him and find that friend in Jesus that Sarah found. So Sarah, what happens next? Like you start to confide in Jesus because he's the only one um, that you feel you can share your anger with. What, what it transpired after that? What changed? In a place where I had previously only felt that anger and the grief and the hopelessness that came with my blindness, as I started forming this relationship with Christ through prayer and through getting into the word and learning who he really is, I started to feel hopeful and peaceful. And it was such a, a big surprise to me because I didn't see at the beginning how I could ever feel hope or peace. And I started getting all these crazy ideas, like the idea to go back to school 
And the idea that I could move away from home back into my dorm and complete my college degree independently. And I knew it was a God thing. I knew it was God motivating me and pushing me. And everything started to just fall into place. Uh, my, My parents helped me find all the training and the skills I needed to be independent as somebody who's blind. Uh, We found a mobility instructor to teach me how to use my cane and a braille teacher in the same town where my college was. Hmm. And I mean, all of these God things started happening along the way as I was obedient to what he was calling me to do. And there were a lot of scary things. I mean, moving back to college without my sight was scary, but I knew that God was calling me to do it. So it was just all about obedience and God opened up so many doors, but the biggest thing was just the hope that he gave me in this dark situation. Hmm. I hear you. And those were challenging decisions that you made very, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would break a lot of people. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do that don't you see I'm blind? <laughs> right. And, and use the gift of blindness as a crutch for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Right. So many people, BC nation, what is your crutch that you're using? What name do you give it that you're using it as an excuse to not go for the life that God has for you? Like Sarah went for it and it wasn't easy. And it didn't take a minute. It took a while of her resisting, kicking, screaming, fighting, in denial, right? All of that. But then she finally chose God. And when you choose God, you get his gifts, his biblical promises, peace, his joy, hope, hope in your future, a brighter future. So, Sarah, what is God calling you to do now? Like, you're... you're you're, you graduated college, yeah? Yes. Okay, I so you're, you're through it. About what age are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, yes, I'm 27. I graduated college in 2019. Okay. So, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> That's an achievement, girl. Let's be real. Yeah. All yes. right, so you're 27 years old, and what has God been putting on your heart? I mean, you've written your second book now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, God gave you his story Mm -hmm. that he wants to tell through your life in order to inspire his children who are going through their own situations and adversities. Like, what has God been telling you? Hey, Sarah, here's what I want you to do. Yeah, he has called me from just a couple months after losing my sight to share my story. And at the beginning, it was just you know, local Sunday school classes and and things like that. And my story has kind of evolved. And today it's a story of healing, not of physical healing of my blindness, but of that spiritual healing, how God drew me closer to him through this tragedy, through this trauma and the darkness and how I have learned how to trust God and how to completely rely on him and a story about his faithfulness in any situation. And he's called me to share that. And like you said, just a minute ago, it was faced with a lot of resistance on my part, 
I started out by just sharing about my blindness, about accessibility and living life as somebody who is blind. And I actually started my blog and my social media accounts from that vantage point. And door after door was closed in my face upon that journey until when COVID started, I'd felt God you know, nagging me to turn all of my content, everything I did over to him. And I just didn't feel qualified. I thought, I'm not a preacher. I don't know enough about the Bible. You know, my faith is new. My relationship is new. I'm just not ready. And a friend told me, God doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those who he calls. And that's what really changed my perspective. And when COVID really hit and I was stuck at home, I started pouring everything I had into scripture and keeping a journal about what all I was learning. And that journal became my very first book, Blind Faith Devotional. And from that moment on, I turned my blog into a ministry and I started sharing through my writing what God was doing in my life. And not the struggles I was going through and how the world could fix them through being more accessible, but the struggles I was going through and how God was helping me walk through them. And after I was obedient to that call, so many doors began to be opening, not for my gain, but for God's gain. And for me to be able to share on so many different platforms, God's faithfulness through this dark circumstance. So that's that's what he's been doing in my life. And it's been such a blessing to me. Every time I share, I feel like I'm healed again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so excited about the future and, and what God can do through me. And as you mentioned, my second book was just released, Unseen Steps. And that is my story of my sight loss straight through. So it begins right before I lost my sight and it ends with my wedding day. So it's a it's a big transformation in just a short, you know, 10 chapter book, but I, I pray it's blessing people and showing people how God can work through anything. Mm. Very inspiring. Are you married now? Yes, I just got married in May. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Look at this. God is good all the mm-hmm. time. Sarah, let's speak about your hubby. <laughs> like, tell me about this man that fell in love with this girl who, oh, man. who doesn't have sight, physical sight. Yeah. That takes a certain man. It does. Tell and me about him. He is a wonderful, goofy, uh, fun-loving guy. He actually works for the local radio station here where we live, and that's how we met. I was given the opportunity to host a radio program once a month, and I'm the kind of person, when I get opportunities that I know are going to be great opportunities, I say yes, even though I may not be 100% prepared and I had no idea what I was doing with this radio show, but I knew Seth, my husband, Mm -hmm. he had been in the radio business for quite a while. So I kind of reached out to him and asked him for some advice. And we met up for coffee. And after that, we started dating about a month later. 
And from, I won't say from the moment I met him, I knew that he was who God had picked for me, but on our first date, he showed up with Braille Uno cards. And I knew from that moment on, he was something special. And he was somebody who was going to embrace what made me different, but it wasn't going to define how he acted around me. He always acted completely comfortable around me. Um, didn't act like I was a burden in any way. And that was something that I hadn't experienced that often since losing my sight. So that's what first drew me to him. And then his love for the Lord was a big part of it as well. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that little romance story. <laughs> I like the Braille Uno cards. Yes. Good, good touch there, Seth. Oh, yeah. Good touch, buddy. <laughs> All right, Sarah. So what do you see God has for your future? What's next? I hope he continues to open up ways for me to share. And I, I'm not concerned about being, you know, a big name or a big star in the speaking industry. I just want him to open up the ears of that one heart who needs to hear my story or that one person who's lost, who needs to be brought back to Christ. That's ultimately what I, what I see myself doing for the rest of my life is just sharing my hardships and my struggles so that it can be a blessing to others. And however God wants me to do that, I have trusted him to provide for me so far. So that's what I pray that I'll just keep trusting him and following where he leads me. I like it. So do you see little Sarah's and Seth's in your future? <laughs> uh, way, way down in the distant future. I, I actually just got my first guide dog about two months ago, and he's been our baby since then. Um, so we've got our hands full right now, but in the future, that is definitely in the plan. Well, Sarah, I hope God interrupts that plan for you. <laughs> it surprises you sooner. Oh, so on your website here, it says that you're encouraging women to walk by faith, not by sight. Are you offering any type of uh, coaching, one-on-one, um, -on -one, masterminds, anything like that for women uh, that are in their own adversity, in their own spiritual or emotional blindness? I have started a Bible study, a local Bible study here where I live, and I'm hoping that will kind of make way to maybe, you know, a virtual type Bible study or even one-on-one -on, -one on Zoom. I, I really love, I love speaking to large crowds, but I also really have a heart for closer contact and really getting to minister one-on-one -on -one to women. So that's definitely something that I am working towards in the future. If you haven't considered it, consider it. I think mm -hmm. you can do amazing and women would hire you for sure. 
And it could be very lucrative as well, right? Mm -hmm. And as you can bring in more money, I'm sure you're not about the money, but mm -hmm. with more money comes more impact. Mm -hmm. You can reach more people, right? So you yes. don't do it for the money, you do it for the impact. But uh, yeah. I just see that for you. So uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show, Sarah. Welcome to the confession round. <laughs> I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't <laughs> overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, his faithfulness is love. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God? He makes us wait. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> uh, what are you most afraid of? Oh, uncertainty. Yeah, the unknown. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of being human. You shared your biggest struggle challenge but what do you what else are you what are you currently struggling with right now either professionally or personally um i would say just having patience uh patience with others with myself um with my ministry growing just patience yeah what did you spend way too much time doing this past year uh probably watching netflix i'll be honest <laughs> Okay, got it. And <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? Um, that they're not going to accept me, whether it's because of my blindness or because of my faith. Mm. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Uh, that he is there for us and that he is... He offers so much more than this world can offer us. Yeah, for sure. What's a new habit you want to create in your life, Sarah? Oh, goodness. I always make time for Bible study, but I want it to be the first thing that I do. Sometimes I put, you know, other things on my to-do list first. I want that to be the first thing that I wake up and do. Got it. And what's a bad habit that you want to get off your to-do list? Oh, again, I would say the Netflix. <laughs> that darn Netflix. I, I mean, it just steals so much time from our lives that we yes. don't get back. We don't get back. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Oh, Christ follower, wife, and oh, goodness, new dog mom. <laughs> had a friend, you know, put the dog in there you're hilarious <laughs> and uh pick three words to describe who you were before you learned to walk by faith and not by sight mm. lost self-centered and insecure yeah got it and last question sarah if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about everything. Life, death, God, eternity, all of it. What would you say to them? Mm, that's a good one. I would say don't get caught up on the worldly things, whether it's your job, money, possessions. Take every moment to enjoy the ones around you and focus your energy on what God's calling you to do. 
BC Nation, don't get caught up on what you can see. Mm -hmm. Right? All that tangible stuff there. Mm -hmm. Most of it does not matter. Any final wisdom, Sarah? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about uh, seeking that friendship with Jesus? Like for Mm -hmm. real, in their Mm -hmm. own adversity, right? So that they're not, they have a place to bring their anger and bitterness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, it it seems like such a Sunday school answer. Sometimes when I say it, you know, you, all you need to do is pray and God can walk you through whatever, but it's so, so true. And when you come to it with the mindset of God can walk me through whatever I'm facing and you just surrender that situation over to him, it's amazing how much peace and hope he can give you. And like I said before, God makes us wait and it can be frustrating sometimes, but the waiting is so worth it. The obedience is so worth it. God, can you walk you through that season and get you to somewhere that you never thought you'd be. And it's so much better than what you had planned. Sarah, if there was a little seven-year-old Sarah in front of you right now and she looked up at you and she said, Sarah, I know I should pray, but how do I pray? What would you teach her in just very simple terms, the best way that you've prayed? I would say just whatever's on your heart, whatever's in your head, say it, say it like you would say it to your best friend, because you you are saying it to your very best friend, the very best friend you could have who loves you unconditionally. And if you can't give words to what you're feeling, just cry out to God because he already knows what you're feeling. And sometimes all you need to say is his name and that's enough. Excellent advice for a (laughs) seven-year-old. Well done. And all us adults too, by the way. (laughs) All right. We're speaking with Sarah Claudia. Uh, What a great interview she just delivered to UBC Nation and to me. I really appreciate um, not just the inspiration, but uh, just the transparency of the struggle uh, that comes with this life. And all of our struggles uh, have different names and different colors, but uh, we're all the same in our struggles, aren't we? So, Sarah, where does BC Nation go to find out more about you? Or if there's a lady listening right now that feels touched by Sarah's story and loves who she is and how she shows up, then I invite you on Sarah's behalf, reach out to her and push her to coach you, like nudge her to take you on as a one-on-one client and you will gladly invest in that in yourself. Um, Sarah, I believe that's where you're going to do the most tremendous work in people's Mm -hmm. lives is in that one-on-one intimate uh, coaching via Zoom remotely, however you decide. Um, There's so many women in pain right now that feel alone and don't know how to do the things that you and I take for granted because we've gone Mm -hmm. through them. And I think you're going to really show up. So where does uh, VC Nation go now that I just went ahead and uh, just <laughs> kind of plugged you there hard, girl? <laughs> well, thank you so very much. Uh, you can find me 
by visiting my website at sarahclaudia.com and that's Sarah with no H. So S-A-R-A-C-L-A-U-D-I-A.com. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Sarah Claudia Ministries. And my email address is hellosarahclaudia at gmail.com. And you can message me on any of those platforms. I will respond. And also both my books are available on Amazon as well as that. Awesome. Unseen Steps. Uh, Look up Sarah on Amazon. Get her new book. I think you're going to be inspired even more. All right, Sarah, Claudia, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thank you so much. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.